What's up, y'all? It's Wayne. Check out Undisputed every Friday to hear my hottest takes from the week in sports. From the Cowgirls to Coach Prime to LeBron. Undisputed is your go-to for the best sports debates from me, Skip, and the crew. Tune in and follow us on FoxSports.com, the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Amanda Sowards. She's my friend. She's been on many times before. We always have a lot of fun, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week, kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. Now please enjoy my conversation with Amanda Sowards. Welcome back to the show, Amanda. Hi, thank you, Kimberly. Nice to be back. It's been a while. I know it has been. Um, I saw that you had another Amanda on your show, and I thought maybe I was like the old Amanda, and you just weren't going to have me on your show anymore. Because now you have Amanda West, and she's like a big star, and I'm not. (laughs) But the funny thing is, is today, when I was preparing the, you know, the Patreon and getting all your stuff organized, I don't know what happened to me, but your name, you know how like when names or words have no meaning? All of a sudden, uh-huh. I, I kept not understanding how your name was Amanda. It was like, how is her name Amanda? It was so weird. It was like not registering in my brain. It's so Kimberly, fucking weird. You're, you're scaring me. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like the words just like sometimes you say a word and it doesn't have any meaning anymore. Or and, you say it, yeah, over and over again yeah. until it doesn't have any meaning. Exactly. Right. So I, was, I am the OG Amanda, so let's just be clear about that. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And, okay, I have a question. Now, we're going to go back and forth with politics and fun stuff and whatever. And I've already told you, you know, off mic, throw in whatever you want. So at any time, just jump in. But oh. my question here is... I'm I'm assuming you got the bivalent booster. I did get the bivalent booster. Yes. So okay, my question. I know we don't have any. There's no recommendations on a second bivalent shot. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious because do you know if it lasts longer than four months? What, I mean, I think I got mine in September, August mm-hmm. or September. So that's four months. Right. Where what 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 happens now? <laughs> Um, that, you know, it's funny because I'm out of the study now. You know, as soon as oh, I got, okay, I got right. my bivalent booster, they didn't, like, the study didn't give me a bivalent booster. They are like, yeah, we're not doing that because we're about to end the study, mm-hmm. which ended in uh, September or October okay. officially. So I had to get it through Kaiser, and once I did that, I was out of the study. Mm. But um, I, so I don't, I'm not getting any uh, nags from Kaiser to get a booster. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty naggy about yeah. that because they don't want to pay for you to have COVID. They'd rather pay for you to come and get the shot. Right. Interesting. Um, and that, so that's all I'm hearing. Now, I am given understand they are working on a new uh, a new uh, variant boost. Or there, there's a new variant around. Yeah, 
course. and they're working on a booster for that. Okay. That's what I've heard, like through the grapevine, okay. and that just basically like through like Reuters and you know mm -hmm. AP and all that. But I haven't heard anything specific. So yeah. I'm imagining that if there's this new uh, variant that's supposed to be more contagious than the other, awesome. Every every variant is supposed to be more exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm imagining they'll work on a booster for that as well. I'm so so I'm so tired of this. You know, and I, I, I take more precaution than most. A lot mm -hmm. of people are just like, fuck it, we're just gonna go do whatever. But I don't want to because I'm so like there have been a couple of times where I think I have it. And mm -hmm. okay, well if I get it, I get it. I mean I'm not gonna like whenever that's happened and whenever I think I have it, I don't panic. But, mm -hmm. but what I don't want is I, I would love to be able to just not get it until they can fucking come up. I know they're working. I believe it's in Germany, although I might be wrong about the Germany part, but on an, a, a nasal spray that just prevents it entirely. That's right. only being tested on animals right now. We don't have anything for humans. Who knows how long that could take? Who long, you know, who knows if it'll ever even happen? But if there were something like that, I would, you know, like to make it till then because I don't want to have a heart attack. And I know that it's not an absolute and I don't know what the deal is. People who have had all their boosters, which I have, what are the odds? Does it, are the odds decreased? I would assume they're decreased, but I don't know. So well, yeah, I mean, I would imagine here's the thing. There's a lot of, we all have always known you, mm -hmm. you've known this and we've always known this that with every vaccine, there's always going to be a breakthrough mm -hmm. yeah. um, until you reach, we have not yet reached herd immunity no. because we can't get everybody vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um so uh but there's always going to be a breakthrough chance of breakthrough infection so mm -hmm. you've known a lot of people who've had covid mm -hmm. who are still alive and aren't having long term yes but it, you know we have to really think back to this time two years ago mm -hmm. when or you know maybe march two years ago mm -hmm. when people were literally uh, dying yeah. so much there was no room in hot like the reason that i joined the uh the the trials is because i got very sick in july what it ended up being was a kidney infection mm. but for four days i didn't know that because i was just a basic vague symptoms yeah so and i had i had fever and i had and i went in and got tested they they were like literally i put my symptoms it was back in the day when they were like oh you want to get tested well Four days from now, we have a slot open. Mm -hmm. So I put my symptoms in, and they, um, I put my symptoms in, and they, uh, they were like, oh, "Can you be here in an hour?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh God, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and got tested, and then I went home and crawled into bed and was sick as a dog <sighs> for days. <sighs> and I realized within a couple of days that it was a kidney infection. But I lay in bed thinking, worse still. If I get sicker, mm -hmm. there's no hospital to go to. There's not a single mm -hmm. hospital bed in my vicinity that isn't stuffed with a COVID patient because Ugh. we were packed to the rafters. Yeah. We're not there anymore. No. Now, that's they're going through that in China now. Mm -hmm. Now China is going through all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and to look at what's going on there and compare it to where we were two and a half years ago, you have to know. I mean, China used their own vaccine. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, apparently it's not either as effective against the variants or whatever, but China's in a deep, deep distress right mm -hmm. now. And so that was where we were 
two and a half years mm -hmm. ago. So obviously the vaccine is having a tremendous yes. impact. I know countless people who are like, yeah, I've got COVID. And, you know, people are like, on the, the yeah, I've got COVID. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, oh, blah, blah, I'm going to be really <laughs> sick for a couple of days and then I'm going to get better, which is what you hope is going to happen, yeah. you know. My daughter had COVID. My grandson had COVID. Um, he, you know, because he goes to school, he brought it home, mm -hmm. the, you know, Petri dish that is mm -hmm. uh, your average middle school. He brought it home to my daughter. She got sick. Uh, she was pretty sick. And um, so, uh, but she recovered. You know, she doesn't have any long-term effects. Um, yeah, but like my, my thing is like I'm afraid in 10 years something, you know, just it'll do something to our brains or do something to our heart. And I don't know. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like an alarmist or be an alarmist, but that's one of the reasons I just would prefer to avoid getting it. And I know that there, there may come a time where I'm just unable to avoid it, you know, and I, and I'll get it. And I hope I don't, but, um, it just scares me, you know, and I feel like right. most people I know have had it. My mother, mm -hmm. Bob, and I haven't. Uh, I, my right. father and stepmother haven't, and they actually do a lot more than I do. I know they go to a gym, and I mean right. they don't do a lot, lot. You know they're pretty, and they're they're pretty cautious. It's just right. you know my dad is older, and he needs exercise, and getting him mm -hmm. out to a gym is actually a good thing. So, you know, I mean, I I I, I wouldn't go to a gym, but I wouldn't go to a gym, no matter the COVID situation. I fucking well, hate gyms. Well, and most of the people that I know that have had it have kids who are in school. Yes. So basically, it's the kids, you know, uh -huh. kids in that petri dish that is uh, your average public school or yeah. any school really that bring it home. And so, if you're since you and Bob don't have kids and you're not bringing like little, you know, yeah. virus shedding monsters into your house. <laughs> um, not that I don't love my grandson, but he is in fact a virus. Shedding of course, monster. he is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you're you're a less dangerous than others so yeah. I, I think that I mean I I get where you're coming from and I have managed to avoid it all this time as well yeah and um, I was one of the earlier people vaccinated because we were the mm -hmm. trial participants who got the placebo were in the second wave of vaccines wow. to get our first shots so I got mine in Jan uh, my first shot in January of 2021 right which was pretty early yeah, um, of course, I still couldn't do anything because no one else was that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at least you had out. that peace of mind. You know, you had the peace of <laughs> mind because I know I was probably um, a little overcautious. I, I was so obsessively cautious initially that I would if I went out into a building, any mm -hmm. building, I would come home and immediately wash my hair. <laughs> well, you know, can I just tell you, my sister is very much the same way. My sister works in the hospitality industry. She's a bartender at hotels. Yeah. And she was, she uh, is, and she's in very good health, my sister. She has, uh, she has a chronic thyroid condition that she's had since she was nine. But by and large, my sister's in very good health. Mm -hmm. Now, she was, she is also upset, was obsessively uh, uh, I won't say obsessively, that sounds pathological and I don't mean it to sound that way, but she was very particular about, you know, following mandates, hand mm -hmm. washing, mm -hmm. distancing, sanitizing, cleaning her house, uh, inviting people into the house. Like her roommate was constantly inviting his girlfriend who was out unmasked walking around. Mm -hmm. Now they live in Maui and Maui shut down very quickly. Yes. Um, so there was a lot fewer infections, but still, you know, you have to be cautious. And my yeah. sister was like going bananas because her, the, her roommate was, you know, bringing, bringing people to the house. Cause yeah. they, you know, they're young and they're mm -hmm. not as, uh, they're not as, they don't, 
have in a sense their own mortality. Right. So, um, but my sister hasn't gotten it either, hmm. uh, or my my one sister in Maui hasn't gotten it either. But my other sister and her daughter both had it, mm-hmm. um, and they're fully recovered uh, now. And my <sighs> sister wasn't vaccinated. Really? My, my my Memphis sister was not vaccinated when she got it. Hmm. So, uh, and she, but see, this is the other thing about vaccination. What happens when you're vaccinated and you're catching, even if you're, or other people are vaccinated around yeah. you, is the viral load is lower. Lower. So you're not being deluged yeah. with massive amounts of the virus. Yeah, and that all makes me feel a lot better. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I mean, it, you know, it should and it shouldn't. I mean, right. I think if you're worried about getting, I mean, I. I have this weird sense of inevitability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all kind of do. At some point, I'm going to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, every time I still, I get the sniffle. I get a mm-hmm. sniffle. Like, do I have a home testing kit? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a sniffle and it's like, hmm, yeah. you know, cold allergy or COVID. Exactly. Like well, COVID is always COVID. my first fear, but then... You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. Some I, I don't understand the people who go, oh, I just have a cold. It's like COVID is going around. Maybe you might want to check <laughs> and not well, assume yeah, that it's just I've, a cold. <laughs> well, and also, even if you check with a home kit and you feel like you've got a, I mean, and you're sick, yeah. you can still get a false negative. Exactly. And so I, got, I, I really appreciate people who feel like they're getting a cold, but stay home anyway. Yeah. Um, or stay, at, you know away from people yeah. anyway just as a precaution because it shows that you're at least thinking about somebody else yeah um you know i mean you never know and also uh you know i don't know like i'm not i don't judge people who are very cautious and who take precautions and who are still masked because um i don't know what their situation is i don't know who exactly. they have at home yeah. i yeah. don't know if they're if they have a you know secondary condition that could could be a problem for them right um but uh, yeah, I mean, I've know I know that a lot of people that I know. I mean, there are some people that I know have gotten it that even though they've been very very sick, they've still recovered. Mm-hmm. And, and it, without the kind of you know uh, Alyssa Milano long term yeah you know effects that Nick. I mean, that was like that's long haul COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what I see when I, that's what I think when I see long haul COVID. Yeah. So you know, is that really bad infection? And then her hair starts starts falling yeah. out. You That's know, so scary. I have not seen a lot of that happening since we started really getting vaccinated and taken care of. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it, you know what everyone else is going through, but yeah, I'm not as worried about it. I I uh, I do mask when I'm uh, mostly I mask at church because our our congregation tends to be older and mm-hmm. I don't want to get anyone else sick yeah. if I'm carrying the virus because you know being vaccinated I could be a carrier mm-hmm. not have any um, mm-hmm. symptoms and pass it on to someone else look at you being all it. thoughtful and everything <laughs> well only at church though only at church because <laughs> Jesus is watching you know what I'm saying <laughs> But I do go, I mean, I do go a lot of places unmasked and I am uh, aware of it. Like I actually went, uh, the when I went to, I w- went to Kaiser to get my bivalent shot, which I got my bivalent shot. I got my second shingles vaccine mm-hmm. and I got a flu shot all in the same day. Wow. Did you have any, <laughs> well, did you, how did you feel huh? the next day? How did you feel well, the you next know, day? The funny thing about it is when I got my first shingle shot, which is the only shot I got, I was sick as a dog for three days. Hmm. I was sicker than I ever was with any of the COVID vaccines. Wow. And then uh, that was why it kind of scared me to get the second shot. Mm-hmm. I actually was like, be prepared. I could be taking a sick day. Yeah. Uh, I got all three of those shots. I came home, and the only thing I had was a sore arm. Really? So, wow. Seriously. That was the first – that bivalent was the first shot I got where I had no side effects other than a sore arm. 
Yeah, I so just had. I, I felt sick in the morning, and I took some Advil, and I felt fine. Right. Well, you know, the the my personal. I am. I am a big, enormous fan of vaccines. You mm-hmm. know, I like vaccinate me for <laughs> everything. I've got bad knees. I can't barely walk upstairs, but but my immune system can bench press two hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's all I care about is that my immune system can fight off anything so um yeah no i'm uh I, I will get vaccinated for anything i am trying to get now this pneumonia vaccine because i'm wow. old i'm old af and i'm you're not, not that old but okay well i'm old enough <laughs> i'm old enough to just to qualify for the shingles vaccine so yeah i think i am too how old do you, how old is that um actually it depends on your insurance program i okay. think they're setting it around 55 okay. between 55 and 60 all right well and i'm 54 i'll be 55 in july Oh yeah. my God! I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'll uh, be sixty-five in November. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. So let's switch switch it up a little bit because right now Mega Millions is at one point three five billion. Now, if someone were to win this and they were to take the lump sum, and then depending on where you live and your tax situation, you're going to wind up with like a, about four hundred million dollars. That's like mm-hmm. take home. After all the taxes and all that. Now, it's so funny because I do play the lottery. But whenever it gets up to a billion, I get it's weird. I, it's hard to describe this. It happened three. This is the third time now in, I don't know, a few months that it's happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's so high that I in my mind, it's almost like I don't take it seriously. I, I don't even know that I would want that much money. If I were to get that much money, of course, I would try to figure out what to do with it because I would use a huge fucking chunk to help you know Mm -hmm. I don't know you know I would figure out different charities and things like that but I mean it just it feels so overwhelming I'm just wondering like I know that there's like mega millions fever and everything but like first of all how do you feel about it getting that high and if it like would you want to win it and if you did win it how would you deal with it Oh, hell yeah. I would want to, <laughs> definitely want to win. Well, and here's the thing, because I have actually thought about this. Because you know how we, when we were stuck with the pandemic, uh, stuck with the pandemic, the, um, like basically going down to the the, the store down the, the corner was the only place we mm-hmm. dared venture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and that they did sell lotto tickets. Um, uh, I have already thought about this. Mm-hmm. I would totally create a family trust, mm-hmm. set, fund the family trust, take care of both of my sisters, their kids, you know, all the kids, the oncoming future kids, my daughter, you know, and as soon as they were, they were set up, mm-hmm. then I would create a foundation as yeah. a charitable foundation. And I'm not even sure what the benefit would, I mean, you know, yeah. what I would benefit because right. there's so much to choose from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, like I said, I've already considered this because I would love to be able to make sure that my sisters don't have to. Mm-hmm worry about their retirement that my daughter doesn't have to worry about paying off her student loans mm-hmm. that every no that both my niece and my grandson could go to college if they wanted to and not get any student loans just have it paid for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um yeah so that's the kind of stuff i like to think about yeah. and then the rest of it goes into a charitable foundation of some sort you know I always feel like, though, like winning 50 million seems it's like the weird way my mind works. Like, okay, I can handle 50 million that not that I can handle it, but it's just like in my head, like I can wrap my head around 50 million. It's very difficult to wrap my head around 400. I mean, obviously, I would go get a financial advisor, a trusted one and do my research and do all that Mm -hmm. stuff. 
But it's like it just it seems like such an overwhelming amount of money. And I guess if I were to win something like that, I'd get used to it and, and all that. I'd get well, used to thing. it. If you won a million, if you won a million, you'd still have people crawling out of the woodwork trying yes. to take it away from you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like um, I, I I can wrap my brain around any amount, any amount the universe <laughs> chooses to give me. I am well. That's here a, that's and a good way to look at it. Okay, so then okay, this is funny now. Uh, I talked about this on my patrons only show, so pardon me for repeating, but I just think this is such a fucking fun idea for those of us who have A, the time, and B, the inclination. But there was this woman back in the 1950s or 60s, I believe her name was Helene, and they call her the contest queen. She read the book, The Power of Positive Thinking, and so she, she, and, and I can't remember what the deal was, but there was some quote by the guy who wrote it and said something like you can have anything you want you just have to something like you just have to visualize yourself having or whatever he said so she reads this as a young kind of housewife and she believes it she's like oh okay i'm gonna do that so she says to her husband there was some contest and she's like what do you want what do you want to win or whatever i can't remember what the deal was but they entered a contest and he and they won so this gave her the confidence. So drawing in a little bit of the law of assumption and, you know, intentional manifestation and all this, she had this belief that it was easy. And then I guess she went, she would, went on to win a ridiculous number of contests. She won a fully furnished house. And mm-hmm. so she, she wrote a book and she told you how to do it. Of course, this was back in the day where you had to actually physically either write into a place or even do like a little jingle or something like that. Right. Who, who writes the best jingle? So now there's a woman that has kind of taken out like first what was, was mentored by Helene and now she's doing her own thing. And so I saw her interviewed and she was talking about these days they have you know, there's like, everybody has a fucking contest, HGTV, Coca-Cola, Doritos, whoever. And so you, you can go to these contest aggravators or aggravators, aggregators, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can actually choose, you know, gift cards, cars, houses, beauty products, stuff for your kitchen. And so I started doing this and I'm going to do it. She, this, this woman advises taking like an hour out of your day. And again, you'd have to have the patience. Um, Mm -hmm. And you'd have to want to do it. But it's pretty fucking easy, especially when these aggregators make it so simple for you. And then they, you know, you just choose what you want. You set up a separate email. This is so important because you don't want everybody, you know, crashing in on your email. And they will. So you set up a separate email account just for this. And what I did was create a Google document. Some of these contests you can enter daily. Some of them, you know, you can only enter once, whatever. So I'm just noting, putting, you know, n- noting how many times you can enter and where I've entered and everything. And I'm just determined. I, I it's not even determined. It's just, I just feel like at some point I'm going to win something. And you know, I'm I'm going for two hundred and fifty dollar gift cards all the way up to a house. There's a house in Colorado, and it's like I think now this was interesting, and I'm curious how what you would say about this the house in Colorado you get to either choose the house or I think it's like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so do you know if you won a house would you have how soon before you would have to pay taxes on it because of course you'd want to sell it right you know the the story behind all the HGTV giveaways not one single person has been able to keep a house every single person has had to sell it for taxes yeah so um it's uh 
uh, personally, I would take the cash and have them withhold. And the, the 750000 is probably going to be less than the value of the house. Like a lot of people who yeah. win the HGTV giveaway, uh, giveaways take stuff out of the house, mm -hmm. you know, take some of the merchandise, but they end up having to sell the property as a whole. There's, I don't think there's ever been one That's person so who's been able to keep the house. Because it's too um, expensive? Yeah, because the taxes are too high. Yeah. Uh, what you get taxed on that, that's one of the reasons why uh, the lotto, for me, is a bigger bet and why taking a single cash payout is a bigger bet because you only mm -hmm. pay taxes once. Yeah. They they withhold the taxes, and it's found money. So, right. I mean, why would you miss that? You know. Right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, m winning merchandise can be a little bit tricky because you yeah. got to pay taxes on pay the value the taxes. of the merchandise. Yeah, and my um, mom used to sell cars, and she said a lot of people would come in with cars they won to, mm -hmm. you know, return it or trade it in for a, a, you know, a cheaper model or something like that. Right. That you did, that didn't, wasn't taxed as high. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that for me, that's all the, uh, that, you know, that's how I see it in, in terms of, uh, I mean, I think that the, the whole, uh, contest aggregate website is cool because it also does test the theory of the the theory of attraction mm -hmm. because if you've got that attitude and mm -hmm. you enter contests and you all I mean it's also a numbers game mm -hmm. you know you yeah. are probably at some point yeah at some point if you just keep doing it every day and you make it I mean of course there are certain days you'll be too busy or whatever but if you just put it in your calendar okay today I'm going to spend X amount of time I'm going to go through I'm going to enter these and I'll always be adding new ones at some point you're going to win something and it doesn't mm -hmm. you know you have I mean literally I, I won't enter I think there was like win a can of Pringles potato chips no thank you but you know if it's like a $150 gift card or something fuck it why not if all sure. I have to do is spend a few minutes a day you know putting my email address in Occasionally, they will ask you for your phone number, and, and I've just decided I will give it because not everyone does, and I'm going to give it, and I'll just do the stop, you know, text stop or mm -hmm. whatever if they start sending me stuff on my phone. But I just thought this was a fun idea, and, sure. you know, and it's so funny because there are those people who will say, I never win anything, and it's like, oh, stop it. That is just some human bullshit thing we tell ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow no matter how many times you've entered a contest no matter how many auditions you've been on no you know no matter what if you if you fail at at, at all of them up until today if you don't win if you don't book if you don't get it tomorrow you might get it and so right. it's just it's just the idea of you know the one thing that that woman Helene said after she entered her first contest is, I wonder when they're going to get a hold of me. So basically now my mind is going, I wonder how much I'm going to win and I wonder when I'm going to find out. And that's just right. how I'm looking at it because I think it's fun and, you know, fuck it, why not? Well, so, and also, you know, the thing about um, – uh, yeah, I just lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> oh, the, there's a TikTok trend right now um, uh -huh. and you and I – talked about these words before i think on previous shows or we've talked about it amongst ourselves i can't remember but there's a uh, there's a tiktok trend now where this one girl posted a tiktok and she says basically her philosophy has always been i'm very lucky and everything always works out for me mm -hmm. and she said and because i feel that way i mean i'm really very lucky and everything mm -hmm. actually does <laughs> work out for me so it's become a trend on tiktok now hmm. a lot of people will stitch that mm -hmm. and then say okay i'm changing my attitude now i'm very lucky mm -hmm. and everything always works out for me and it's funny because like, you can always tell the the doubters and the people who are like mm -hmm. if you know anything about like uh 
the law of attraction, uh, it's like you can tell the doubters because they're like, well, I'm really trying to be positive about this. I'm very lucky and everything. I'm like, no, no. No. <laughs> it's a but process. There has to be a sense of entitlement. I mean, you have to really do mm-hmm. cultivate a certain sense of entitlement. And, and it's something, and I've been working on this basically since the end of 2019. And I've gone through all these different stages because I've, I have money and security and I and I believe I figured out why. And and you know it's 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 basically I was a child of divorce in the seventies. So I had a single right. mom who was you know we were never poor, but it was always we were broke. You know right. we we could afford everything we needed, but we couldn't get all the cool fun stuff. And mm-hmm. you know so having two you know having a mother and watching my mother, you know working hard and really not making very much money. And, you know, and, and I saw that my father, of course, because he was a man and he was able to get a much better job, he had mm-hmm. more money than my mother had. And so in my little girl mind, I was like, oh, well, I can't have that. That's for other people. That's, Th- that's not what we yeah. don't have. You know, my mom and I don't have that. And, you know, he gave my mom child support and everything, but it, there was obviously he made more than she did. And so in my, you know, I had this just, I was so impressionable, obviously, as we all are. And I looked Mm -hmm. around and I heard my mom say, we can't afford that. And that was just Mm -hmm. what I took on. And so I I wanted to overcome those limiting thoughts because it is insecurity. And it's funny because money isn't going to fix it. Mm -hmm. I've gotten money before. It did not. When I I inherited money when I was 26 years old, it was Mm -hmm. like a little over $100,000. I was completely insecure about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I handled it in such a way that I thought, well, this is not enough money for me to buy something and guarantee that I will never have to work again. So, and I wanted to be an actor at the time and I wanted a free schedule for auditions, which I never got, Mm -hmm. but um, I got some, but rarely. Anyway, in my mind, before this all happened, it was just that the thought process was, well, I'll probably run out of money and then I'll be stuck with a mortgage and I'll be forced to get a, a, you know, a full-time job and I won't be able to act. And that was the insecurity playing out. And, right. and so, again, getting the money didn't fix the insecurity. And so I, you know, I've, because I've dealt with this for so long, it's just been this journey that I've been on for the past three years to change the way I think. And it's funny because what that, that mantra that you just said, if somebody starts saying that, they may not believe it. Because that's what I was doing. I was saying things to myself that I didn't necessarily believe, but I would say it with conviction. And mm-hmm. at some point, and then you think it, and you do like a little relaxation, and you think it, and you visualize it, and you see it, and blah blah blah. And eventually, what winds up happening is your the way your thoughts work, they start changing, and right. you can you can actually convince yourself of something that you know if you can convince yourself that you never win contests. You can convince yourself that you can win contests or whatever it is. You know, I don't win contests. I never make a certain amount of money. Whatever it is, you can do it. It's like you've formed a groove in your brain. And all you have to do is go form a new groove. And it's not so I, easy. I agree with Yeah. But you can oh, do it. No, no, no. I was just going to say it's not so easy, but, but it can be done. Absolutely. I agree with you. And you remember once years ago, you and I were having a conversation about uh, about relationships. This was pre-Bob Seska. <laughs> and um, uh, maybe you already knew Bob then. I don't remember. But um, you were like, you had sort of started a, a semi-dalliance with somebody else and he turned out to be kind of a jerk. And we were talking about 
men who are jerks. <laughs> so it must have been pre Bob Scott. Yes, it was because um, there was no um, dalliance but with But him. you were like, well, you know, we were talking about why is this always does it always end this way? Yeah. And you know, we because you and I were sort of setting ourselves up, and we yeah. even had the discussion at the time that we just sort of had to develop a new mindset. And I think, I mean, this was probably let me see. Silas was this was probably ten or twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Silas was a baby. So, um, because I was sitting in the uh, townhouse when we were having the discussion, I remember it so clearly. Um, but, but yeah, you, cause you were still living in Northern California at the yeah. time, but I remember we talked about even that, that at the time, just in terms of relationships, it was like relationships never work out for me. I'm really bad at this. Why do I always pick the same guy? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we both did it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were both saying it and mm-hmm. I thought, and, and we were both like, well, maybe we shouldn't set ourselves up that way. Yeah. You know, that maybe we can find a way to change it. And I think probably within a few years you had met Bob. Yeah. And what's funny is that I, I was probably talking about this one. I think I might know who you're talking about, but, yeah. um, and then I met this other guy. Okay. So there, so there was guy a, and guy A kind of pissed me off, but he was more my friend than anything else. But it was long distance. So then I meet this other guy. Let's just call him Dick. And um, <laughs> Dick had an anger problem and told me immediately, you know, that he like he was also long distance. And I met him on Facebook and he said to me, uh, like in our first conversation, he goes, well, I used to have an anger problem, but I've overcome it. And that's like red flag, red flag. But I was like, I believe you. I trust you, uh, even though I don't know you. So, although I did kind of think, hmm, <laughs> did you really? And so, uh, as our relationship progressed, it became very clear to me that he thought he had overcome his anger problem because he had not had a girlfriend in this pr- in whatever time frame. And mm-hmm. so, he was raised by a, a abusive, angry father. And as soon as I came into the picture... It didn't take long for his anger to start coming out. And there was this one time, I mean, I don't know, but I think it was like September when we started talking. I met him once in person. Most of our relationship was on the phone. And so it was in December. And I I think, I can't remember what it was, but he said something to me and I kind of didn't like it. And I made it clear. And oh my God, the way he yelled at me, I've never been yelled at by anyone like that I've never I mean men and I I, you know I've had fights with men and they've yelled Mm -hmm. at me and I've yelled at them I never felt afraid around them I never felt that because they raised their voice that I was in any danger this guy Mm -hmm. I I felt afraid of him on the phone and Mm -hmm. I just thought Jesus Christ if I was with him right now I feel like he would have hurt me and so obviously it ended and at that point this was 2012 I remember I was so grateful because for the first time in my life, I just didn't give a shit anymore. I wasn't like, when am I going to meet someone? I didn't care. I, did, I wasn't against it. But I just was like, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care. So I had a two and a half year period of not caring. And mm-hmm. I think that that was so important for me because up until then, the mindset that I had was, I'm unlucky. No one ever loves me. I can't find anybody. And, you know, and it was just endless loop of negative thoughts. And so when I no longer gave a shit, those thoughts went away. And that pattern of thinking that way went away. And Mm -hmm. so it was, you know, it was so funny to me how that worked. And then the craziest part of all of it is up in, you know, I mean, I, in my thirties, I was always saying that I wanted to meet I I would say something like, well, if I ever get a boyfriend, he can't have a sense of smell. And it's just because I wear self-tanner, especially in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles. I wear it year-round, and it's kind of stinky. 
especially mm-hmm. if like you're sweating or hot under the covers. And so I just thought, well, it would be better if, you know, if, because I wear it all the time and fucking Bob doesn't have a sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> you manifested him. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just Be crazy. Be careful what you Exactly. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess it's okay. I, sometimes I'm bummed that he doesn't have a sense of smell because if I like my perfume or something, but it's like over, and I don't, of course, now I only wear it in the summer and I pretty much only put it on once a week because I fucking hate it but um Mm -hmm. anyway all right you know we have to take a quick break but we will be back after this message hey this is kimberly if you're not already my patron just visit patreon.com slash start me up you can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show thank you so much all right brooks running has a new shoe for you runners out there did you hear that better turn up your volume in fact turn it up to the max introducing the all-new ghost max It's got all kinds of things to make your knees and ankles feel protected, like Max Cushion, Max Soft Landings with DNA Loft V2 Foam, and Max Smooth Rides with their Glide Roll Rocker. Feel better on your run with Ghost Max. Learn more at brooksrunning.com. We're back. Um, All right, so first of all, I'm going to get a little bit to... uh, Okay, let me see what time it is. I want to get to a little bit of politics. So... There's so many things going on right now. First of all, we found out today that Trump discussed striking North Korea with nuclear weapons and then blaming another country. Does that even surprise you? No. Nothing, nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises me. I, I, honestly, if you basically told me that he actually attacked North right. Korea and then tried to blame us, I would not, I would be like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it totally tracks. <laughs> and then, okay, so now we know Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel. It's this mm-hmm. guy, Robert Hur. He's from Maryland to investigate the handling of classified documents found in Biden's office, which we all know is nothing in comparison to, you know, what Trump is going through uh, or with the, the classified doc- documents with Trump. And so I'm trying to find it here. But I, I saw that Trump was completely freaking out over on Truth Social um, just because of this. I, I think we're going to start seeing indictments. I don't know when. It might take until March or June or whatever. But OK, so we've got Donald Trump screaming the special prosecutor, which is in quotes, assigned to get the OK. Wait, I, I love this. Assigned to get that in quotes, get Trump case. Uh, Jack Smith, and then he puts a question mark in parentheses. What the fuck um, is a Trump-hating thug whose mm-hmm. wife is a serial and open Trump hater? And so he's just going on, and you know the boxes scam is a hoax, and X blah, blah 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 blah. So okay, we've got this whole Biden situation, and I think I I, I read a meme that kind of compared it to library books that you forgot. Oh, oh my God, I forgot about the library books. It's totally like apples to oranges with what, you know, Biden did and what Trump did. Mm-hmm. But this all said, um, I think there's going to be indictments soon. I think it's taken too long, but I ask everybody this and I'm just curious what you think. A, do you think there's going to be indictments? And then beyond indictments, my thought is that where we're likely going to get disappointed is sentencing. But, how do you feel about all of this? And what do you think of Jack Smith? Um, I don't have any opinions about Jack Smith at this point. I've heard, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time concentrating on 
on him in particular. Mm -hmm. I do feel there will be indictments. I don't know if Trump will be among them. I believe that uh, Weisselberg will get probably well actually Weisselberg is cooperating he I got mean, five months probably... they sentenced him for five months oh did they already sentence him mm -hmm. okay we'll yeah. see but I think that also um, all the people that he's named will, have not yet been uh, you know there are a lot of indictments that are still outstanding mm -hmm. I'm I, I'm hearing from some people but not from others I mean that people contradicted that there are actually sealed indictments hmm. not against but I don't think there's going to be as I I have no faith that Trump will be indicted or he might be indicted for something, but it'll be like a slap on the wrist. Hmm. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Merrick Garland. I don't have a lot of faith in our current justice department. And especially now that the house is, uh, the house has gone Republican mm -hmm. sort of ish. I don't know what the hell those people are doing in, <laughs> in the house of representatives at this point. Um, I, you know, I, but I also feel, I mean, I've also, kind of heard peripherally that around the January 6th investigation that actually certain members of Congress should be looking over their shoulders. Yeah. Um, so w with that, I mean, if certain members of Congress are indicted, what does that do to the balance in the House yeah. of Representatives? Uh -huh. um, this is going to be very, this is this next, uh, between now and uh, election year, this is going to be a really interesting time because oh, yes. uh things could be really we stand the chance i mean you saw the chaos that just mm -hmm. unraveled over kevin mccarthy mm -hmm. uh, and he what god knows we only suspect probably the very top layer of what he's given mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. just so that he could have the speakership yeah the job the job he's always wanted that right. that he never got yeah so um who knows what that means in terms of government yeah. or any kind of governance. I don't have any faith that anything that Kevin McCarthy strong enough to put anything together no. and get, get, a I through. don't either. I mean, I, I could see Trump getting indicted and I, I feel kind of like you do. I mean, we saw this attempted coup in Brazil and the immediate action taken. It's been two years now and top tier people have not, I mean, obviously we've seen a lot of arrests you know, in regards to one six, but not the top tier people. And that's mm -hmm. why people don't have faith. And it's totally understandable. I do, though, believe I think there's a good. Ch I mean, I, I agree with you and that we're going to see a lot of the top tier people getting indicted. And I think there is a I think there's a decent chance that we will see Trump get indicted. But I don't know. And then, like I said, for me, I think the big disappointment will come with the sentence and sentencing because it's going to be left to one judge. And that right. judge is going to make that decision. And we have no idea who that judge is and who appointed them and, you know, what they're thinking. Obviously, that's going to be very – it's going to be difficult for a judge if he were to be prosecuted. If Trump was prosecuted, then he'd have to figure out. You know, if, if, if this judge, let's just say this judge says, yes, I want you to spend time in jail, then, you know, I mean, there's the whole thing of the Secret Service, which I've said this before, but Jody Hamilton has basically said all you have to do is, you know, get, get uh, prison guards up to speed with Secret Service, you know, get them whatever mm -hmm. credentials that they need, and then that they could just do that. But um, I would assume it would be more like house arrest. And if, mm -hmm. Trump, if Trump is having to spend the rest of his life in Mar-a-Lago Mar -a -Lago with a computer, is that really a punishment? 
<laughs> I mean, I don't well, know. I mean, here's the thing. One thing that a conviction would absolutely do, hopefully, is it would bar him from, from yes. running again. Yeah. And that's, listen, he's going to cause chaos no matter where he goes. He's yeah. just basically, everyone's just filed his teeth to a fine, sharp point now yeah. with this whole, with him being president, mm-hmm. having been president. So we're not going to get rid of, until, as long as he's sucking breath on the planet, mm-hmm. he's just going to be a, a, a source of chaos everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the big government uh, sanctioned chaos that he was when he was in the White House Hopefully that's over. I mean, it's interesting because now instead of this big gigantic tornado, you see all these little dust devils and the mm-hmm. dust devil like mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives, which I mean was if if it weren't for the fact that we rely on the House of Representatives to actually get shit done that benefits all of us was fabulously entertaining to watch. <laughs> yes, um, it was just as a spectator sport. Yeah, it was like. It was like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, you, if you weren't popping popcorn and just watching <laughs> what was going on there, because it was not like we have a control over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they have to, they had to hash it out. Just watching how they, it, that to me is a microcosm of what's going to happen yes. in any Republican dominated anything, whether yeah. it's the Senate, the House, the White House, the government in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going, they don't, they can't get anything done anymore. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. uh, they're obstructionists on themselves now. Exactly. So, and it I mean, is it's good crazy. To see it's that, almost yeah. like a tiger eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going to happen at the end of all of this. I'm a little scared, but I'm also entertained. I don't know. I, well, I it's entertaining. Know. And then there's just like this hope that all the people who have been paying attention, especially people who weren't paying attention a while back and who have like, oh, I better start paying attention now. It's like they're still paying attention, and I think that this is going to hurt them. I hope it's going to hurt them in 2024. You know, the idea is that Republicans are going to be so, they're going to obstruct, and they're going to be behaving like assholes. I mean, right now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders wanted to ban the word Latinx. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Banning words now? Now you're the fucking word police? Unreal. It's Especially like when she people. knows so few. Mm. I, <laughs> I wouldn't um. start banning those words, Sarah. <laughs> it's going to really cut into your vocabulary. Um, no, really. <laughs> but, you know, the part of, that kills me about all of this, too, is that you have, um, like, it used to be that everybody was a Trump like at least at the very least, you know, these people who were obstructing the house were call, considered themselves Trump loyalists. But even when Trump threw his backing behind Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. they didn't fall into line. Yeah. So now I'm beginning to, and that to me is a signal of something, but I'm not quite sure what at this point. Does this mean he's losing his, he's losing his mojo? Mm-hmm. Does this mean that he doesn't have the kind of power? Yeah. I mean, you know, McConnell's basically backed managed to somehow find a way to back away from him mm-hmm. uh, as you know as much as anybody's been able to but I mean I mean, see in all of this house has arrived of course Mitch McConnell's the, the winner in all of that mm-hmm. because he's the one now that holds all the power in mm-hmm. terms of the Republican Party even though he's not you know he's not uh, the majority leader yeah yeah um, so it's just I don't know I, I just it's crazy I don't know I don't know what's going to happen like I used to know I used to be able to sort of predict what would happen 
uh, you know, because because this is how politics works. Mm-hmm. I don't know how politics works anymore. Yeah, I know it's changed. No clue. It's changed, and uh, <laughs> I think that it's funny because I'm see- I am seeing some people still complaining about Democratic messaging, and I think the Democratic messaging has has improved quite a bit. It's not to say that they're perfection or anything like that, but I you know they they did catch on in 2022 and picked up on a lot of the stuff that was important, whether it was, um, I mean, obviously there was the economy and there was all that, but the bigger picture, which was like anti-fascism and pro-democracy. And then of course the fact that women don't, a lot of women don't have the right to an abortion in this country. Oh my God, but this, this is going to bring me to something. Okay. This is not something that's political, but it is, and I have to set you up with it. But um, so you get the full story, but it kind of affects it's like cultural politics. So I have to be really brief here. And on my on my patrons only show, I've talked about this. There is this um, (laughs) this YouTube channel that I I got sucked into probably early December. And it's this couple and it's 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 a couple that lives in the South. They live in North Carolina. And this girl, her name is Jessica and she does all these videos about home decor and recipes and you know just your day in the life vlog of of their life and you know they do different things they have an rv and they take trips so they're in their 30s and they call themselves well it's jessica and brian but they call each other bunky and the reason they do is because i guess he called her monkey and bunny and they came up with bunky so they each call each other bunky and they've got the y'all thing going and they're so not like me at all but Mm -hmm. i i just got kind of transfixed in watching and i've become kind of obsessed with watch and i've at this point now i've i've watched so many videos hundreds of hours of them and i i the funny thing is initially the like pulled me in was she would make these recipes and I'm not kidding you with like seven different kinds of cheeses Velveeta there was always like a thing of cream <laughs> what, what is it um, uh Philly craft cr- yeah. cream cheese there was cream like blocks of cream cheese and so mm-hmm. she's gonna put in a block of cream cheese and then a stick of butter and a whole bunch of Velveeta and then craft singles which not even cheese I mean all in one recipe and she would make every recipe was like this. And it was it was like, oh, my God. And so I just couldn't stop watching because it was like, seriously, how can people eat this way? And then one thing leads to another. And, you know, you just kind of get hooked. So you now the thing about her is she shops at Hobby Lobby and she eats at Chick-fil-A. And so she's got the trappings of all of the Trump supporting shit. I don't know that these two are Trump supporters. In fact, there is this... Um, there is this thing, it's like Reddit, but it's called like bakery gossip or something like that. All It's this whole thing dedicated just to her. Everybody, and this is something that occurred to me before finding this site, but um, they all think the husband is gay. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I would not be surprised. And so, um, but they are best friends. You could tell that they're truly best friends. So I've been watching this, right? And I'm having fun and I watch it and whatever and I critique it and I have my thoughts about it. Some are positive, some are negative. I've come to the conclusion that they they may not be political people, even though around their friends and family, they'll probably nod their heads like, you know, Democrats are horrible, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But the thing is, this has led me now because she says, okay, this video that I'm doing is in collaboration with, you know, two other women who are basically doing the same kind of videos. And there is this whole fucking world of these women. Now, 
this girl Jessica Bunky, like I said, she's little. She's um. Let's just say, how can I say this? She she's for as much cheese as she eats, I'm surprised she's not heavier than she is. But you know, she's a little chunky. That, mm-hmm. And said when they were kids, they were both of them that they were fat kids, and she said they both were. And it's clear that their obsession is food. I think that is their sex life. I think food is their sex life. And, <laughs> um, and so they're kind of like the dorky version of the rest of what's going on. on and this is what I ultimately want to talk about. There are these women on YouTube. And they're clearly, you know, the, I don't know that they're all political. But they're all from that patriarchal family. You know, from fa- patriarchy fa- patriarchal families husband is the breadwinner for the most part and so the wife stays home and the wife is in shape she looks kind of like a fox news you know woman where she's got the perfect hair the perfect nails and all of this and so there are these like extreme clean videos where these women they look beautiful and maybe maybe their hair's in a ponytail but it's like full makeup and then they got these fancy gloves and they got their cute little bucket with all their cleaning shit and they bring it into each room and then they like focus on themselves cleaning a toilet and cleaning the kitchen floor. And this one woman got on the fucking countertops and is cleaning her cabinets. She's like, I like to do this every two weeks. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm watching this and I'm like, fuck. I know this is not the majority of, and there's, and you get kind of sucked in, right? Cause they have Mm -hmm. nice homes and it's very satisfying to watch somebody cleaning something, you know, especially when it's all done and it's all sparkly and pretty. And it literally does make you want to go clean. It like has that effect where it's like, oh, I want to clean my kitchen now. I, I never do it, but I want to. <laughs> like I have the urge. <laughs> but it's kind of scary to me because, OK, so this is what I was thinking. And I don't know if you've seen anything else in the culture that is making you feel this way. But, you know, back in the 60s, there was the feminine mystique. And I can't remember her name, but the woman who wrote the book went around talking. Betty Friedan. What, what's her name? Betty Friedan. Thank you. Betty Friedan. She's interviewing all these women. And they're like, is this all there is? Cleaning the kitchen? Is this all there is? And now there's like a fucking army of them. Doing it, no man is making them make these videos. At least no. these women have money. They're making money if they've got a you know a nice following because they're making mm-hmm. YouTube money. But it's like no one's pushing them into this. They are perpetuating this patriarchal lifestyle. And it's just, I mean, again, I know it's not the majority of people. And I don't have a problem with anybody who wants to be a housewife. You know, I, I've known women who have wanted that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what feminism is all about. You get to mm-hmm. choose the life you want. But what they're perpetuating, though, is this whole thing that this is a woman's place in the right. home, cleaning and being the mom. And this well, is what should make us happy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. So what um, I I've seen a lot of that on because I tend to be more on TikTok than YouTube these days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unless, of course, it has to do with um, takeovers, you know, making over cakes. But um <laughs> Other than that, we'll talk about that at some, on some other show. But um, that's my obsession. Um, but uh, on TikTok, it's the same thing. And and but you and I have talked about this too. That white, particularly white women, we're mm-hmm. the secondary beneficiaries of white male patriarchy. Yes. And so it there is a certain uh, there is a certain cohort of women out there that is desperate to preserve 
white male, you know, white yes. male supremacy and mm -hmm. patriarchy because it we're the secondary beneficiaries of them. It's like Michelle Wolf, the comedian, said, you know, sure we're oppressed, but it's a very comfortable oppression. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to have an uprising, you know, from under a duvet. You know, <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. <laughs> So it's a comfortable kind of oppression. It's yeah. very air conditioned, you know? <laughs> so if you have to be, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's so frustrating and why, and I do believe it's changing, which is one of the reasons why you also get on TikTok a lot of aggravated men who are like, why do women not need men anymore? Uh, well, right. because we're making our own money. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't have anything more to bring to the table than the fact that, that you can support me I can support myself mm -hmm. so you know step it up dude and <sighs> men don't want to hear that because it really does mean they need to bring more to the table mm -hmm. but and so that those are the those are the 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 um forces that are at work on patriarchy but there are people men and women alike mostly of of the of the alabaster variety that are <laughs> desperate <laughs> to preserve patriarchy because it benefits them. Oh, it benefits white men. It benefits white women. It yeah. also benefits men of color more yeah. than it benefits women of color. Yeah. And um, and I don't know that women of color really are beneficiaries of patriarchy no. in the same way that white women Absolutely are. Absolutely not. No. I mean, I guess if you have, you know, a couple where th they are of color, whatever, you know, the color, um, and the man is making money and the woman gets to stay home. Obviously she's a bit, you know, she benefits from that. But, um, I, you know, and, and, and not that I've gone looking for it, but I haven't seen any women of color making videos of no. themselves cleaning. No. And you probably won't because yeah. there's a lot of, uh, there are, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of other things, other cultural and societal pressures on, on women of color mm -hmm. and, and how, you know, and they're in a dismal situation. Women of color mm -hmm. are, are struggling right now, mm -hmm. and yet they're the ones who save us in every freaking election. Yeah. We are not there for them. But the uh, you know the the thing about um, preserving white male, you know, I mean, I can say right now, I'm the beneficiary of of patriarchy because the ease with which my father went from profession to profession to profession mm -hmm. when he wasn't particularly dedicated to any one and yet he basically failed upwards and I love my dad and he's a very talented writer but I mean he was he did not exactly you know he didn't get he didn't get a filmmaking degree from any university he just literally failed upwards and hmm. managed to land into a tv writing position that you know built a career for him yeah. but i'm the beneficiary of that right. i got the private school education out of that and so did mm -hmm. my sisters mm -hmm. um but but it, the willingness to risk that mm -hmm. lifestyle and and you know the other thing that's crazy is that what a man has to make in mm -hmm. order to support that mm -hmm is yes. outrageous these days it's it insane is. how yeah. much money you have to make in order to be able to have a woman stay home and not work and mm -hmm. not ha be struggling to pay the bills mm -hmm. because you know like 70 74 percent of the of women are co either co or sole breadwinners in their houses mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so it's like uh, now nowadays now so, yeah you're right and so and the and the the other thing i just saw was i just saw a movie called fair uh what's it called i'm gonna say fair, oh darn fair play 
That's it. And it was actually uh, produced by uh, Gavin Newsom's wife. Hmm. And it's based on a book called Fair Play. And a woman basically set about to see, to do research into how much even working women have to do housework when they come home. Yeah. And obviously, we all have heard the statistics that yeah. women are still carrying the home burdens yeah. and the burdens of the relationship and the burdens of, and also the burdens of also working outside the home and bringing home half the money. Yeah. So yeah. Even if they're working outside the home. So. That is, you know, it's funny because when I was in the workforce back in the day, uh, I, I worked for this giftware company and my boss, at the time I was probably 38 and my boss was maybe 27 and he was, oh God, I hated him. We hated each other and hate is pretty much the perfect word. We hated each other, but he was what I like to describe as like one of those shiny, shiny, I don't want to call him. He was handsome, but not to me. But he mm -hmm. was, in a general sense, yes, he was a good-looking guy. But he's like the shiny L.A. type. He wasn't an actor. He was a sales dude. In fact, he grew up in Santa Clarita. So um, he was, and I know you know that. Not everybody does, but either way. Um, he made me so sick, but we were having a conversation once. And he was, I think he had a girlfriend at the time. But he talked about getting married. And he was saying, yeah, I fully expect my wife to have an, in you know, like an income. That's the world now both have to work so even though i'm sure he had patriarchal tendencies he absolutely expected whoever he married to have a full-blown career mm -hmm. so you know i mean that's obviously different but i you know this this it's so weird to me to watch these people so i mean and there is a difference with the bunky girl she doesn't give me the same vibe she i think she it's like she doesn't realize I don't want to be mean because I, I, I don't want to be mean, but it's like just from an observational kind of a thing, it's like she's like the dork, she's like the geek or whatever, who wants to, who thinks she's part of this group, and then she is part of the group because at this point, she's got 125,000 followers, and she, and the other thing I've noticed about her, and I think this is interesting, and again, it's going into this patriarchal thing, she doesn't have the largest vocabulary especially when her husband is around and she'll say things to him like, am I saying that right? Is that right? What, what is it? What is it? And then when she's alone, all the $25 words come out and mm -hmm. she's not at a loss for them anymore. And she expresses herself. She likes to describe herself as a kid. And you could see why when you watch her, because she is, she's excited about fucking everything. It doesn't matter what it is. She, I'm so excited, you guys. I'm going to have a hot dog. I mean, whatever it is, she's excited about it. Just like a little kid would be excited about anything. And I think that's true to her nature. But I also think, I mean, she might play it up a little bit. But when she's alone, she comes across as a much more uh, pulled together, articulate, you know, kind of person. But when she's with, with Bunky... It's like she she's trying to make him feel not superior, maybe a little superior, but she's trying to make him feel like, you know, oh, you're like so smart and everything. And then the funny thing is, is he's really boring, right? She's She knows what she's doing. She's been blogging. I listened to this thing the other night. She's been blogging and doing this whole internet thing since 2008. So she's gotten to a point now where she understands how you have to be on camera you can't have a lot of dead air. He doesn't. He, you know, she asks him a question and he'll go, well, and then he'll pause for five minutes and, and she gets, and so I've noticed what she does is she just literally will cut him off in the middle of a sentence and then go to another shot. 
and I don't know if he's paying attention to this, but the other thing, the fun, I watched this video last night, and it was so funny because they were in Savannah, Georgia, and she had talked about how the cam- they had gotten a new camera. And so because they had gotten a new camera, they were trying to figure everything out. So he's talking. She asks him a question, and here's what I think happened after I'll tell you what happened Then my theory. So she asked him a question, and he goes, well... And then it's like the longest pause in the world. And then when he starts talking, it's like the slow motion. So then in the editing process, she writes, ha, 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 ha. We didn't know that, you know, we were in slow motion for two minutes. You know, I I got a new camera and I'm still figuring it out. And it was only on him. And then it was a little (laughs) bit more of his slow motion talk. And then everything went back to normal. And I honestly believe that he was boring and she thought how can I deal with this so she basically mocked him even though I genuinely believe they you know she cares about him and all that I think that they're best friends but she recognizes that he's boring and so I think she pulled this whole thing as if oh the camera wasn't working <laughs> but instead weaponizing confidence <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she decided to feminize weaponizing exactly and I, I don't know if I'm I have no idea if I'm right about this for all I know their camera didn't work and this was just something she thought was funny but I don't know because I, I feel like maybe there's a little like unconscious resentment Maybe, you know? but you know, think about, if we're going to go back to talk about women in the 50s and 60s, that kind of subterfuge is mm-hmm. how women survived. Mm-hmm. I mean, you because you couldn't just outwardly say, you know, dude, you're born, we're cutting, cutting, <laughs> cutting to something interesting. You know, if you're going to play that uh, demure kind mm-hmm. of deferring to your husband sort of thing, then you can't just basically cut him out of the picture or say that he's bored, too boring to, <laughs> you have to basically you have to do something right and so and i think that a lot of times women use subterfuge you know found ways to kind of get around their husbands or sneak out but listen i think i love lucy is one whole dedication to that yes how she gets around ricky how you know in all of his rules uh, about the role (laughs) that she's supposed to play and how she gets around that and tries to step out of that. That's all that I Love Lucy is. Yeah. And um, and people thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And people thought, and then I think the same thing is true of the honeymooners. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of that in the honeymooners. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was a cultural thing. She's mm-hmm. just playing the game as, mm-hmm. like a good old Southern girl would. She's just playing the game <laughs> the way that her mama taught her and her, you know, and her Mima taught her and all the, and you know, she, all I think the she calls that her that. Before. I think she calls her Mima. Of course she does. <laughs> and it was so funny we we played this on bob show and i think i did talk about it on my patrons only but i just you have did, to share i have to share this one recipe that she made because it was a two-parter and it was a crock pot thing so she starts off with chicken that's all fine and dandy and she's like okay now i have and she eyeballs everything she never measures so i think it was supposed to be like a tablespoon of garlic powder and i'm not kidding you it looked like she put like three heaping tablespoons of garlic powder it was so much garlic powder i couldn't believe it and then she was supposed to use like a lipton's you know uh, dry packet of the mm-hmm. onion soup she's like well y- y'all know i don't like onions so instead she used a packet of of dry Italian dressing seasoning. So she put that in. And then whatever else seasonings. She puts in half, I think it was half a block of cream cheese, half a block of butter, and I don't know if she put the vel I don't know if she put Velvina in that one. She put in a two cups of heavy cream 
and then that was the first part. And then it was three hours later, she added, I think, another kind of cheese. Uh, and then those American slices. So that's not oh. even cheese. They don't even call it cheese. They call it yeah, slices. Cheese. They call it a cheese product. Is actually what they call it on the cheese product. I don't even know what that means, but and she's we don't like, want to know. She's like, I'm going to add these because, you know, it'll make it extra creamy. And it's like, oh, my God. How do they fucking – how are they alive eating like that? And it was like I brought – you know, Bob came out. He always comes out around 10 o'clock. And if I'm – and you know, I'm sitting there. I call it my after-dinner Twitter. And I'm on I'm on just you YouTube or wherever I am on the internet. And I'm watching the Bunky videos. And I'm just like, my mouth is a jar. And I'm like, you have to watch this. And it's like watching Bob watch them is so fucking entertaining. Because he has a completely different approach than I do. You know, I have I have, I have have stuff in it that I like. And, I, you know, but he's he does not watch this on purpose like I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not his thing. So basically for Bob, it's like a car accident. There's something you can't avoid that you have to just drive past. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's so funny because I've, I, I've thought so much. I'm going to end this here, but I've thought so much about these people because I don't hate them. Obviously, I don't. I don't know where they stand. And, and if, you know, maybe she is a Trump supporter. I don't know. But I feel like, you know, I watch them and even though I would not hang out with them, no matter what, they're not my kind of people. I, I, I just I feel like they're just two people trying to get along in the world and do their thing. You know, they like go camping and they've got their dog and they've, you know, they've got their happy little life. And, you know, I if they vote the way they vote, I know hurts people. Um, but I, I don't think that they're trying to hurt people. I think they're right. just trying to live their life. And we are such a divided country now. And I think about that when I watch them because I wonder about them all the time. You know, it's, it's like this sociological kind of a thing where you're like studying a group that is unlike you. So right. there's part of it that I get a certain amount of personal status yes exactly i'm studying the bunkies <laughs> i'm studying the bunkies I but know, <laughs> that's, that's today we observe the bunkies doing <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know but you know here's the thing about it is i would be willing to bet that you know all the people that we talk about not voting in election are probably bunkies yes they're I, probably I would, bunky yes. or bunky you know bunky adjacent <laughs> Because, <laughs> because if they're not political and if they're not speaking, well, they, they could just be keeping their politics right. themselves because that's who they are. But they also might very well just be not involved in politics. There yeah. are, as we know, uh, half the country. there's a yeah. huge chunk of the population we mm -hmm. can't activate. And um, maybe if they realize that they're not voting hurts people as well as voting you mm -hmm. know the other way hurts people mm -hmm. they might but they don't know that because they were never taught that no so and i'm sure know, their parents my... i'm sure their parents her parents are trump supporters i've seen them so oh, i would okay. not be surprised and so i would imagine like for instance before i became politically really engaged my mom was always political and i would listen mm -hmm. to my mom and i would agree along with her and i would you know and i would assume what she was saying was accurate and all of that and i and i and and she was accurate unlike i'm sure bunky's parents are not so accurate but i believe it's the same 
relationship if if they don't vote where you know the parents are complaining about the libtards and whatever and then you know mm-hmm. i'm sure bunky sit there and go yeah those libtards but they're not really thinking about it they're just like oh right. when are we gonna eat they're just thinking about cheese product <laughs> oh my god y'all know how much i love cheese and i mean it's just so funny because she'll even say that and it's just at least she has an awareness of, of that and she admits that it's not healthy it's not like she's fooling herself or anything so i mean at least i'll give them that and one of these days i imagine i'll lose interest but i'm in it right now and i'm just like having this fun time like oh i can't wait I to go a, watch the next good one mental vacation <laughs> Good mental day. Oh, good my you. God. Good All you. right. It's the other lifestyle. Yes, the other way of living. All right. It's time for us to go. We both have jobs that we have to get to. So um, I know. I, and that's good. It's great that we both have jobs. So I think, that, you know, in 2020, you didn't have a job. I didn't. I had this, but I didn't have a job job. And now we both have jobs and we're making more money. And so we are working women and we're awesome. So yeah. <laughs> we can support ourselves. We don't need anybody to support us. <laughs> okay. Now. I know that in the Patreon description of the show, I am including your link tree, mm-hmm. and I am going to link it to the description that's going to go out in all of the other platforms, but mm-hmm. just tell everybody where you want them to go right now, whether it's your, you know, your link tree or your wherever, and well, that's all you need yeah, to I mean, do. Yeah, I don't really, I, I actually deactivated my, um, my Twitter account because um, I just am never on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so so basically, I'm uh, Amanda Dot Sowards on Facebook. I think I'm at Amanda Sowards on Facebook. Okay. Um, and then I'm uh, uh, Amanda Sowards forty two on TikTok. I think is my other. I don't. I don't know because I don't ever like look for myself. <laughs> I just I open TikTok and there I am. Uh, it's genius. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, Amanda Sowards. Uh, view profile. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Amanda. No, it's just uh, Amanda Sowers, all one word on TikTok. And then, yeah, it's all in the link tree. And um, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's a, I, that's why I created the link tree. And I, I, I deactivated my Twitter account because I was never there. And also, I just Elon. I can't with, yeah, the, I know. with the Elon Musk thing. I know. The e- fuck Elon. He's such a jerk. I'm just gonna say this real quick, Christopher. For those of you who know or don't know. Christopher Boozy just posted, I think it was yesterday or the day before, what his new site Spoutable looks like, and it looks just like fucking Twitter. I knew, and I said, if anybody is going to create Twitter 2.0, it's going to be Christopher Boozy. So I will be joining that site as soon as it comes out. And I said this the other day. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't know about the site that I have been talking about because glitches have come up, blah, blah, blah. I'm not interested in going any further. That's all I know. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter still at Author Kimberly. I'm also on post at Author Kimberly, but I don't do much over there. Um, and then, of course, all my books are on Amazon. My link tree is also available to all of you. Amanda, it's always good to talk to you. I could still keep talking forever, but we have to work. <laughs> I know. We do have to work. Go back to work. <laughs> talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.